I'm Isabel, she, her, hers. And I'm David, he, him, his. And we're two therapists with ADHD who sit down to have some chats about ADHD. We can't promise we'll stay on topic or be professional or even remotely mature, but we can promise that you'll end up looking at you or your loved one's beautiful neurodivergent brain in a shiny new way. This is not a therapy session. This is something shiny. I love it. Do you like uh, it? That's amazing. And can this just be the intro? You saying that and me freaking out about how amazing it is? Yeah. Did I, and you that dropping could, your voice? That could be, that could be our <laughs> first so intro. <laughs> so without further ado, welcome to Something Shiny. I'm David. <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about how, like, how so much about what, what it means to have ADHD is to be able to tolerate a significant amount of frustration. And we talk about frustration tolerance, but we haven't really talked about, like, how people tolerate frustration or, like, how to go about, like, dealing with that. Because, frankly, you don't want accommodations for everything. Mm. You can't make everything easier, right? We want to find ways to make the stuff that's unfairly hard more equitable. You know, it's different than easier. And so I think that there's an interesting conversation around how much pain and discomfort someone with ADHD has to be ready to experience. Oh, and, David. Oh, I feel like you just went for the jugular in a good way, in a really good way. I just I just want to preface and tell all our listeners, like, hey, listener, uh, I went into this conversation blind <laughs> And I am ready for it. Okay. Yes. So if I'm hearing right, we're talking, yes, we talk all about frustration tolerance. That's like, like harder for folks with ADHD. We tend to have less tolerance of frustration. Um, therefore, like, for example, waiting uh, in lines or waiting for an appointment or killing time between things or if someone, you know, like is off the schedule, whatever, like that kind of stuff can become almost intolerably difficult. So like, what are things that would actually make that tolerable? But also like, what are, like, how to put it, like, there is no easy button. So even though we want to like improve your access to options in those moments, it's not like it's going to like I don't know why I'm thinking of like squeegee, <laughs> squeegee away. <laughs> it's not easy like a squeegee. Exactly. Like a squeegee time, is so you know? easy. It's so satisfying. It's like, ooh, this is not <laughs> like that. This is more like a, like a, an old rag. <laughs> you just get some of the soap off. I don't know. Well, and I think this is something that I want to acknowledge, like Noah and I have long conversations about, mm. um, because I think Noah, I, I, I'll, I'll quit saying your name, Noah. But, you know, my friend, my friend really focuses on, like, what can you do to experience discomfort, mm. tolerate it, mm -hmm. and build mastery around it? And so, like, he's the kind of person, I'm so sorry I said your name, I don't know if this is inappropriate or not, but, like, like he's the kind of person that, like, would look at a really, like, huge, complex, long book that, that would, like, scared him, like, this is going to be hard to read, and he'll be like, I'm reading that. Mm. And the oppositional parts of me are, like, why read that book? Don't read that book. You don't have to do that. Like who really needs to read and all that kind of stuff. And we would get into these battles of like, what's the point of the action? And what's the point of the task? And mm -hmm. what's the point of just 
hurting yourself for no good reason. Mm-hmm. Well, what Noah learned and what I learned vicariously from watching him was he sat down and learned how to make himself read. And there's no way to make that sexy. And it's not like he's learning how to read like as an adult for the first time. Literacy is important, not really a joke about that. It's really about what it takes to sit down, take time to stare at a book and flip pages and reread a page over and over again if you need to, or reread a paragraph. And for me, a lot of my my childhood come from a place of like having unfair or inappropriate like hurdles you know as a kid like do this assignment i'm like okay sure no problem but like it was impossible for me Mm -hmm. watching somebody devour a book that they're that the book in and of itself is the accomplishment was a new thing for me to think about and of course like we've gone through this like debate you know for for years and like i'm growing and learning from that debate Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. you know as and, and one of the things i'm really integrating from him is you know not to get too specific, but like in very general terms, the gray matter around our brain gives us a little bit more impulse control. And so the more time you spend practicing something, practice, the act of practice. So whether it's a puzzle, whether it's a book, whether it's sitting and breathing, Mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, going for a walk at the same time of day, no matter rain or shine, like whatever the Whatever the thing that you're practicing is, the act of continuing to do it, even though you don't want to, builds gray matter. It helps Mm. you have more frustration tolerance Mm -hmm. for the specific thing you're training. So it became easier for him to read. Hmm. Can I? Okay. Sorry. My brain is like worrying away a few different questions. Okay. So I guess my first question is, it sounds like the type of reading he is sitting down to do is not is like let's say something he's maybe not already going to be interested in. Like it sounds like what you're saying is a task that you couldn't rely on your hyper focus, let's say, to kick in and make it feel like, oh yeah, I'm on a, I'm in I'm in my zone. Like that that's like different than what you're describing. Like I'm not hearing he's like, ooh, I'm gonna hyper focus on this book. It's like, no, he is actually not able maybe because of lack of interest, lack of novelty, the difficulty of the material. Although, Noah, you are a genius. Like, I mean nothing about your capacities in any regard here. But like, it has nothing to do with that and more to do with, okay, this is actually something that is like really difficult and so I'm going to continue to like sit and pursue it and if I sit in that like difficulty over time I will perceive it as less difficult because my brain will literally adapt to doing it from the practice of it is that I'm doing does that make sense am I yeah it's it's the practice of sitting down and reading and I think he started with 15 minutes a day and then Mm. tried to expand that time and I think the way that I could understand that with my life is mm-hmm. as a child, I remember bemoaning like, oh, come on. Like whenever someone would be like, we got to go for a drive. Like, How far is it? And if they said anything longer than like 10, 15 minutes, I went, oh, and I got like really upset. <laughs> and it wasn't until I had to take a bus where I was like the farthest person from the school. Mm. And so as it happened, 
And it's just not fair how this unfolded. But as it happened, I was the first person picked up. Oh, my gosh. Right. And the last person person dropped off. off. I have that same curse. Yeah. It was awful. I feel for a little you. (laughs) Oh, I feel for a little you. Oh, my. It's the worst. And I had to get used to. I was I was struggling with 15 minute rides. And then I was a prisoner on my way to school for an hour and 15 minutes every Oh one way gosh. and then one way home no and so that's as much as i lamented like school rides, oh it was it was brutal um but as, as you know I, I lamented it and it was yucky but then i do remember all of a sudden taking a drive to a place that i remembered crying about because i didn't want to go it wasn't that bad it wasn't it wasn't as long as the ride to school like all of a sudden because i'd experienced it and survived it so many times i could expand how much i could tolerate in terms of a drive it was like yeah school rides sucked that was terrible i'm not trying to advocate for kids to have like hour rides to school it just so happened that i gained a greater tolerance for being in the car from that 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 strife and that frustration did give me something gotcha so it wasn't like wasted (laughs) it wasn't just like needless suffering it was i mean maybe it still was somewhat needless suffering but it was it was something that like suffering that also equated to some sort of benefit to you or at least less frustration down the road like short-term pain versus long-term gain yeah and and i think like the but the whole piece of all of this, before we like get into the actual problems that are being solved, the whole piece of this that like sticks with me is it is more painful for us to do things we don't want to do than people understand. <laughs> yes. it, that's something I just want to make sure that I'm honoring. I, it, I know it sounds great. It, it, it is, it is ridiculous how, how frustrating some things are and like, you know, I have a degree in psychology and, and the, the complete like emotional meltdown that I can get if the wrong thing happens in traffic. I mean, like, I'm not going to be in danger of myself or anyone else, but like, there's a part of me that like wants to cry in the same kind of way that when you bite a sandwich and the back end falls out, you want to cry. Like, <laughs> like I, yeah, like, oh, like, <laughs> like you want to like ball up your hands and stomp your feet. And you know, like you're doing everything you can to be like, well, that stinks. And that's all you're doing. And like, if you're just, you know, if you just swore in traffic and everyone looked at you, but all you did is swear once, like, I see what you just restrained. Like, I see what you just held back. Thank you for being you. Like, it's so painful. And there are so many places where we don't fit, Mm -hmm. where we don't do things like other people, right? So Mm -hmm. we encounter the pain of like how hard it is to experience the thing the first time. And then we experience the pain of like seeing that, we have to judge ourselves in a weird way because we don't fit into other people's boxes or do things the way other people do. Then you have to figure out, is it me or is it them? What's the best way? And how do I know? Mm. It's a, I'm not trying to make it like an impossible problem, but it, is, it sounds impossible, David. <laughs> it's a big deal. Right. And, and mm. like when we get caught into like, all you got to do with ADHD is just, it's like, it minimizes like how much capacity you have to do things that like other people don't understand your tolerances for distress are much higher than people realize in some really significant places. Right. But like not for traffic, not for waiting in line, not for losing something. Yeah. 
I'm sure you could like survive 14 hours of interrogation by people that understand how to torture you. Like no problem. But like four <laughs> minutes in a line behind a slow person that's like talking on the phone and not moving forward. And there's like a gulf of people slowly expanding between them and like the front of the line. And it's now like 15 feet long and you don't want to cut around them because they're old. And you don't want to interrupt them because they're doing something and they're old. And you're just sitting there going, what do I do? Oh my God. Like that happens. All <laughs> David, as you were describing that example, Every it felt like every part of my upper body was cringing, <laughs> like increasingly cringing at the sheer thought of that moment. Oh my gosh, you're so right. Okay, it's so actual can, pain. It is actual pain. It's like phys- physiological pain. Okay, okay. I'm having a little bit of like, like my mind is blown, but I can't. I I want to make sure I'm understanding something you just described. So sort of, if I'm hearing right, I'm, you know what? I'm going to use, I'm going to use, can I use, I'm going to just use myself as an example. Why not? <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. Certainly won't Let's be the last. Let's do it. Um, what is coming to my mind, and if this is like a weird example, that's fine, is childbirth. Okay. And the reason it's coming to my mind is that I remember going into that process and, you know, lots and lots of people describing, like, like there's this one way to approach, like, birthing um, that's called, like, mindful birthing. And the whole idea is essentially you slowly acclimate yourself to paying attention to how you register pain. And then you kind of, like, learn that you can tolerate it and survive it and ride the wave of it. And, like, it, and one of the things you do is, like, you meditate while you hold an, hold an ice cube. And the idea is, again, it's like, it's not, it's just discomfort, right? But you hold the ice cube for a really long time. And then you like kind of practice doing different techniques to figure out what helps you with it. So, right. So some of the techniques are like breathing. Some of them are like visualizing. Some of them are like listening to music. I mean, pick a thing, right? But like you're holding the ice cube and you're seeing what happens as you sit with your hand getting colder and colder and colder, right? So like, that's like how you practice, right? For what is the really... (laughs) you know, not, I would argue, not exaggerated thing, which is very, in a very natural process, but that involves a lot of physiological sensation that many would describe as pain, right? So point is, is like, I don't even know if it needed that kind of qualifier, but I don't, I don't have any kind of personal experience, but I would just assume (laughs) there's a, there's a lot of discomfort involved with like lots of parts of like having a child. Yeah. Sorry. No, totally fair. You're not wrong. Um, Although, you know, I guess some people like, you know, are like, so, you know, so in their zone about it, whatever point is, is power to everybody in whatever form, you know, they choose or not or or don't choose right to do this. But point is, is like, I went into it and I remember there being, and this has happened to me a few times in my life where I'm, I'm not like, I wouldn't not qualify myself as a natural athlete. I, I, I have, you know, I've done physical activity to some degree for my whole life and like really enjoy it. But I, I it's not like something like, oh, she's got the coordination, you know, like it's not like that's the standout <laughs> quality about me. So I've never really thought about my like, like I've, I've never really thought of myself as having the word that came to my mind as you were saying that is like endurance. And what I recognized and and I know this gets into like other, you know, details and questions, right? But what I recognize is I was kind of going through the laboring process and like, you know, like women are always like 36 hours. Like, yes, my, like 
I was laboring for many days. <laughs> and like, it's, it's, you know, it's relentless. It's just coming and going and coming and going and like a, like, it's like a wave, but you kind of know the next wave's coming and it, you know, increases in intensity. And, and the thing that I recognized is that like the, the ability to endure a lot of the discomfort or a lot of the frustration felt very similar to me, like what I have going on in the back of my head in that line. Does that make any sense? Like that line example you gave of like waiting behind somebody or if I'm sitting in traffic, it's like not dissimilar to this like odd little button in my brain, body, whatever, that literally like feels like it's about to explode, (laughs) but is like, mm, I mean, not explode like rage. I just mean like, it feels like it's like a whole body (laughs) thing. But then there's this like counter awareness that enters that says like it's only 20 more seconds it's only you know or whatever it's only 10 more minutes it's only 10 more minutes it's only or something like that right and i know that that got me and a side note that's also some of one thing the book talks about is like if you have a little bit of predictability and you can convince yourself that there's a terminal end to the thing then the horizon of it feels more, it feels more tolerable, right? So like, if you think it's very far away, like if you think, oh, I'm going to have a baby and it might be three days from now for all I know, that is overwhelming. But if you remind yourself like, okay, technically contractions last about a minute. So this is only a minute and that's it. (laughs) Or like the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, it's like 10 more seconds. I can do anything for 10 seconds. Does this make any sense? It makes a lot of sense. You're blowing my mind. What okay. people can't see is like how I'm holding my head while you're talking. And I'm just like, <laughs> I hope so. It's such a weird example. I no, appreciate wait, your wait, tolerance for, of it. No, no, no. But don't don't judge it like that. Like that's just, you're coming. It's it's hard because this is a moment where you're saying things that I think anyone that has been pregnant before or is pregnant is like, oh my god, you're right on it. And like everyone else is going, that sounds complex. And yes. <laughs> And, and like, and I think I want to, I want to think I want to make sure I'm honoring something really, it kicked me. There's a, the book, I, I'm assuming the book you're talking about when you say like the book, we're talking about Behave by uh, Sapolsky. Is that the book you're talking no, about? No, no. So the, the book I'm, ta- well, side note, that is a book we could talk about, but no, the book I was talking about, about the birthing is called, Mi- literally it's called Mindful, Mindful Birthing. Oh, yeah. And it's like yeah. based off of a program developed, I think in California, I'll put it in the show notes. Like it's it's this woman start. It's like great from what so, I understand. It's and it's go it's all around the world at this point. But yes. Okay, so let me take you back in time. We're gonna fly back in time, and we're gonna be me. Mm-hmm. Right, right, starting. We're gonna say like sophomore year undergrad, second year at undergrad, mm-hmm. and I'm learning psychology, and. I've just started taking ADHD medication and was just diagnosed for the first time in my life about six months earlier. Mm -hmm. And I can say like fairly confident at this point, I'm in undergrad, I'm I'm at school and I've never really done homework or understood how to do school stuff in a normal way. And I'm learning it now for the first time. Mm -hmm. And we were learning in behavioral psychology. We were learning these terms, like these different ways that you could measure things. Like you could have an interval measure where you're measuring like, um, well, it doesn't, there's a lot of, there's, there's one measure that we started learning about called a duration measure, which instead of noticing like how many times something happens, 
You're just tracking how long it happens. Mm. And the duration measure is something that has a beginning and an end. And I don't know what it was, but all of a sudden something clicked in my brain when I like learned that. It was mm. like, oh my God, everything terrible that I'm experiencing has an end. And all I have to do is experience a crappy thing and then it'll be over. I had never realized that before. Mm-hmm. Like I had always been like, if it's crappy, here's what you do. You don't do it. They get angry and then you don't do that. And then they just don't want to deal with you. And then you're free. Like I just had that kind of learning, which doesn't really help you in terms of systems and groups as you get older. And so all of a sudden I was like, oh man, this is going to stink. Yeah. It's going to be a whole day of stink. All right. 12 hour duration measure. That's it. 12 hours. I can do this. And then I never have to do it again. And yes. all of a sudden I got relief when I could just do it and never do it again. And here you are talking about labor. That's exactly and, the feeling. Know, I mean, he'll see for another kid. <laughs> yeah. And so now I'm like, like I've, I've had babies, but I haven't, <laughs> but like, but the way you're articulating it, and it's a little thing that like, I didn't like, I, I wasn't planning on bringing up today. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, but like when we're talking about how much pain people with ADHD have to experience. And when we're talking about like, the fact that we need to experience more discomforts to do things. We can't accommodate everything. Mm-hmm. It just really makes me think how important it is for you to remember, like, that time you're doing that thing that you really hate, it's going to be done once you do it. Yeah. And sometimes there's really horrible things that you only have to do once or twice yes. or six times. Yeah. And I think, like, it can really feel like you're in a battle, you know, with that thing. Like, I'm not going to do that thing because I don't have any more room for pain. Mm-hmm. And like, if you're saying that to yourself, just hear me say, you probably don't. I'm so sorry. You're, you're hurt. Yeah. That's it. And, and if you have any left in the tank, let's do this thing. So you don't ever have to do it again. Oh, David. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yes. That is like what you just described is exactly what it is. And it's what, what comes to my mind that I think exists a lot with frustration tolerance. And, and I'll own, I see this a lot, I think in little ones as well, like literally just developmentally, right? Like neuro, neurotypical neurodivergent, but like this setup of there being like two times there's either now or not now. Mm-hmm. And there's not a clear understanding of like, if this, then that, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, if I pack my lunch tonight, it'll be easier for me to transition out the door in the morning, but I'm tired and I don't want to, <laughs> mm-hmm. but the trick is, is I'm not going to want it in the morning. It's just going to be more annoying for me to do it then and more do you, do you see what i'm trying to say like the the oh, yeah. now versus not now that's like also how i feel like all all of time exists in my brain unless like I, like i described that button that's the feeling you, you just said it's it's like like it's exactly that moment it's this little tiny but i forget every time every time i forget and i feel it and i don't like it and then there's a little boop like that maybe at some point got coded in, you know, like habitually that's like, like whispers and goes this, this will be over soon, you know, or whatever, like yes. 10 more minutes or like whatever. And then that's the thing that reminds me, oh, there's more than like now and not now. It's, that's Does that make a, any like, sense? It's so, no, the now and not now is something that I think everyone listening who has ADHD is going, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like everyone is saying that right now. I think it's so real. I was an adult when I learned 
when I learned that now matters. Like, I, I want to be that clear, like an adult. And I want to be clear, like, I think, I don't know how old I was, but definitely, like, definitely, and potentially grad school, where I started using the idea of, like, past Dave and future Dave. Ooh. And, and so I would, like, do things to take care of future me. Like, it all started this one day where I was, like, cleaning up the house and, like, it was after a party and I'd been, you know, enjoying too many drinks or whatever it has. And, like, it was a, you know, you try to clean up at the end of the night so you don't wake up to a, like, just a terrible thing. You're already not feeling good. Like, why do that to yourself? Mm -hmm. So I know this is ridiculous. I'm just trying to be honest where it came from. Like, like I'm not (laughs) a saint. And so um, I remember, like, going past the kitchen and, like, we had one of those really big Brita filters, like, the not the normal pitcher, but like the long pitcher that takes a while to fill up mm-hmm. and it was almost empty, but I could have just used it and left it for the next day. And I remember thinking, no, 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 I got you future Dave. I got you. And I said it and I took out the, the tub and I filled it up with water and I put it back and I filled up the water. And the next day I woke up, you know, definitely wanting some water, mm-hmm. kind of groggy, walked up to my fridge and I opened it and it wasn't a dream. It really happened. I had cold water and I literally went, Oh man, thank you. Past Dave. (laughs) And it's something that has stuck with me in life all the time. Uh, My family that knows me, like one of the things that I really like are these things called good day socks. Right. And, and I just like any special, really comfortable sock is like a good day sock. It just Mm. has to be made out of the right material and whatnot. But you know, good day socks. I started playing with future Dave. What do I have to do today while I'm putting on my socks? And if I could think of what I need to do by the time I put on both socks, I could do it. Thank you so much for listening. If you ever have that thought where you think, hey, I'm nothing, stop. Remember, you're something. Something's shiny. That's right. Just as you are. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more free episodes of this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review anywhere you listen to podcasts. We're on Instagram as Something Shiny Podcast. And if you're looking for more information, useful links, definitions, visuals, everything we can think of and more is on our website at somethingshinypodcast.com. And it's all free. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you in two weeks.